afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to TAP, the Totally Awesome Podcast. Podcast that's so bad, it'll make you tap out. I'm your host, Josh Ageddon, and I'm joined today with the one and only Border. Hello. From the same Morther, Alex. Mata, that's me. So, uh, before we dive into our topic, how are you today, Alex? I'm doing fine. How's the weather been blowing you? It's been fine. <laughs> blowing me pretty well. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, yeah. So, um, the reason why I have Alex on today, uh, I know a lot of you are used to, like, extracurricular stuff like the beach, like we had, like, a couple days ago, or, like, wrestling podcasts, like with Sean and Skyler. No. Today, we are going to be venturing into the mystical world of Reddit. And stock trading. And stock trading. Because over the past, pretty much almost all year, I think it started in February. Um, No, it was, um, well, technically it started probably like in December, but everyone knows about it from January. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, basically, and Alex is, basically, at a point, I'm going to just basically hand the microphone over to Alex, and he's going to be explaining things for a while, because I think it's very interesting, but he's, he knows a lot more about it than I do, because he's been studying up on it, he's been listening to a bunch of people about it on YouTube, on Reddit, it has to do with the GameStop stock, or the GameStop. The GameStop. The GameStop stop, uh, and everything that's been going on, because from what I understand it, uh, GameStop was going under. They were about to get blockbustered. Yes. Which no one wants to get blockbustered. R- rest in peace. Uh, God rest your soul. Uh, and a bunch of companies, from what I understand, were like trying to put money in to ensure it going bankrupt because they could get some like return investments, I guess. Mm-hmm. But a bunch of people on Reddit were like, no, 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 not today, and just invested in GameStop and its stock like rose like crazy. Yes. And that facilitated a domino effect that could um legitimately overturn like the wealth in this country. Yes. So I'm gonna let Alex take away and give us like a timeline of what's happening. Yeah, so I'm gonna kinda dissect it into chapters because there's a lot and there's also a fun I don't even know if you know about well, I did tell you a little bit about uh, the company BlackRock and what they're doing, but um, yeah, you don't know as much as much as that how much I've learned over the past few days as well. Um, okay, so as we know, it started back up in January. Basically, um, GameStop was going under; everyone knew that, um, and companies were going to try to take the. They were taking advantage of GameStop um, in a way by shorting their stock position to make them go bankrupt, and when a company goes bankrupt. Um, anybody that has a short position in in that company, their basically their fees kind of get scraped off, and they don't have to pay anything back, and they just can make money from that. Um, well, they were doing this to GameStop, like they've done before in the past, and it's it's always worked before. Just because not many people really knew about it, not really many people had information about that kind of thing, and. Um, all of a sudden, on Reddit, a lot of attention started being projected onto GameStop and its stock. Um, specifically, specifically, there was a guy named... Um, well, I don't know what his actual name is. Hang on. Well, he goes by DFV, which stands for um, Deep Fucking Value, on uh, Reddit. <laughs> he's not really the one that... I wouldn't say he started it, but he's the person that kind of gained a lot of traction and a lot of um, people were talking about him. Um, he made a huge play on GameStop and he went from, uh, probably a net worth of, I mean, I don't know exactly what he was before, but he, he became really rich off of just the initial, um, the initial boom from GameStop back in January. Um, it went from around $4 a share from September in 2020 to around $300 to $400 in January. So, I mean, if you have a position that, if you have a hundred shares, you know. Um, at four dollars, you you only have to pay for like four hundred dollars when you enter your position, and if you exit it at like, you know, three hundred, four hundred, like you're making bank off of that. And so, for those of you that don't know anything about stocks, and I know very little, but basically, if you have any kind of money in any kind of stock, and that stock goes up, that basically makes you more money. Yes. So if you have like, if there's a huge company that you have like a couple dollars in, 
and that stock is only like a certain value. If and like going from four dollars to three hundred dollars, that's like how much of a percentage increases um, that? I think it was around the last statistic I saw was around like fourteen hundred percent, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. That's insane. Well, actually, four four to I'll just say four hundred. So. 100% would obviously be like, you know, 8. 1,000 would be 40. So I guess 10,000%, which is, you know, monumental. Like, that's an insane run up already. So basically, if you own stock in something and the stock rises by like thousands of percentage points, you're making bank. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it hits 1,000%, um, I mean, that's 10 times what you had already. Um, but, okay, so. It happened in January when it had a lot of traction. There was a lot of news articles being posted about it. Everyone was talking about it, including my dad that, you know, doesn't even really get on the internet or anything like that. But <laughs> he really doesn't. All he does is just watch YouTube, but... Yeah. And, I, and I, I even heard about it because it even became, like, somewhat political. And yeah. Alex is not a very political person. No. I am somewhat of a political person uh, because... Honestly, we live in a hyper-political world, and there are people on the internet that are political that I listen to from time to time. For example, one of the ones I listen to, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, uh, Tim Pool, who does uh, TimCast, TimPool, TimCast.IRL, or whatever he calls it. He started talking about it, and I thought it was very interesting, and I also thought it was hilarious that all... The funniest thing to me will be that all this started over GameStop, over a video game company. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the that's honestly the, one of the funniest things about it. Yeah, um, and there's there's um, a subreddit named Superstonk that, um, well, originally it was Wall Street Bets, which is the one that the news picked up and the media picked up and, you know, the articles were mainly about Wall Street Bets. Um, but it, it eventually transitioned over to Superstonk just because um, there was some infiltration on the subreddit and um, the post started kind of being blocked on GameStop. Anyone that would post or comment about GameStop, they would get, like, removed or banned. Of course. Um, so it, transi it transitioned over to uh, Super Stonk. But, um, Don't you love it whenever, like, the people in charge feel threatened? That's mm -hmm. when censorship starts flying everywhere. Yep. Yeah, but the Wall Street... I kind of get it in a way just because the Wall Street Bets subreddit wasn't for GameStop. It was there before that whole thing happened. It was, yeah. it was basically just a bunch... A bunch of quote-unquote retards that would um, yellow their money into a certain position and they would kind of show their gain or loss porn um, depending on how their YOLO play went. Um, you know, it could be anything ranging from losing all your money to getting millions of dollars and people would... That's what it was used for before. Um, but then once the GameStop thing happened, all the posts were centered around GameStop and I guess... They kind of felt like they wanted to revert back to it, but I don't know why they decided to censor it almost completely. Um, but, okay, and just so you can understand the traction of how much this got, originally Wall Street Bets was around, had like around a million um, followers on the subreddit, and over the course of like those two months, it hit almost like, I mean, over, right now it's over 10 million. So, I mean, Damn. a lot of people started following it because of that. Um, but now it's transitioned over to Supersonic, which is a really good community. Um, and also, I have to say this. Um, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not advising you to make any sort of investments or put your money anywhere. Um, I will advise you, however, to look at, if you want to do your own research, to definitely look into Superstonk, um, because they know what they're doing over there. They have a really high-quality mod team and um, a bunch of people doing high-level research. So if you want to... If you wanted to do anything, you know, that would be the place to go. So um, what you're telling me is I shouldn't mortgage my house for this. No. <laughs> um, definitely, I would say um, the biggest risk you should take is just putting money in that you can, you're, you know, you're a lot, like not a lot, but you're... Um, Some, you, something you can possibly afford to lose. Yeah, affording to lose, yeah. Um, that way you're not putting any sort of like... Huge risk. For example, like, I'm not going to give specific numbers, but Alex has put a little bit of money into this. I've given Alex some of my own money to put into this. Some of our family members have given Alex money so he can help us put it into this. Because, again, Alex understands how this works a lot more than we do. But we didn't put, like, all of our money into it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'll, I will say, because I'm comfortable saying this, I only put, like, a couple hundred dollars into it. Yeah. Which is, um, 
You know, I mean, it's a fair amount. I mean, it, depending on how how the next few months uh, play out, will definitely determine on you know what the risk situation is. Um, but now we're gonna start getting into the juicy stuff, mm-hmm. which is why did it why did it blow up in the first place, and why did people continue to hold on to the stock and not sell it? Um, the original thing was kind of. Every, the reason why it busted so high, like so high at the beginning is because that's when it started gaining a lot of momentum. Um, GameStop didn't have too many shareholders um, besides like their own company bought it back into some shares and there. I mean, there you know regular amount of people in it that are in a stock, but um, it gained a lot of traction. And a lot of people started buying into it, which caused um, monumental losses for multiple hedge funds, including. Um, uh, Melvin Capital, which is one of the hedge funds that were, I'm not, I'm actually not not gonna say that, but um, it, it caused huge losses for certain hedge funds, but um, okay, so back in 2008, right, there was the financial crisis. Everyone knows about that. Everyone remembers that. Um, and we, no one really knew why that sort of thing was happening. No one really kind of understood it, just because. I mean, you know, the stock market crashes. What does that mean, really? Why did that happen? You know. No one really knew about it. No one really cared either. Um, it seemed like. I, I mean, I never heard anyone really talk about it except for maybe a few times. And even then, it wasn't anything specific. It was just it was bad, you know. Um, but when you go into the the DD, which is stands for due diligence, the research that I was talking about, um, if you go back and look and see all the ties that were, um, that were going around, uh, including the SEC and the DTC, um, and all the hedge funds, I mean, they were, basically, the SEC would, um, okay, so the SEC and the DTC are different because the SEC is a government, I, I believe this, if I'm wrong, uh, sorry, but, um, the DTC is a non-government fund, wait, no, that's the, that's FINRA. Okay, the DTC and the SEC are funded, are government, um, agencies. And basically what would happen is, okay, so... They would do this thing where they would short companies into the ground and they would um, basically make them go back. They were doing it on purpose because usually when you have a short position in a company, you're, you're betting on it not performing well, having bad, you know losses in terms of uh, their capital and um, just the overall bad performance on the company. So they would short it, you know, predicting that it would go down. That's why people have a short position in terms of like individual retail investors and in, uh you know, just random people that just are making bets, basically. Um, but what these companies were doing is they would they would short companies um, so hard with the intention of making them go bankrupt, which is illegal. Um, it's called it's called naked shorting. It's when you're shorting multiple shares of a stock that um, don't really exist. It's like you're shorting the same one multiple times and ones that you don't have. So it's it's really you know, like fraudulent what um, these large institu- institutions are doing and have been doing for years. And it's always worked. But um, people took notice of this in January and um, they kind of they kind of s- stopped it for a little bit. That's why it ran up so high to around $300, $400. But um, the stock since then has kind of been floating back up and down in between, you know, like I mean, after the run-up, it hit $40, but then it went back up to around uh, $200 something. I don't remember exactly what the statistics are, but um, it's kind of been bouncing around there from now on. Like, it's, it went up to $300 about a month ago, and it's did back down to around $200 now. Um, but really, the whole point of the movement behind Superstock is not so much just watching the price right now. It's like day trading and trying to just make small gains. Um, the whole point right now was buying and holding the stock. Okay, um, and when you buy and hold the stock, basically there's not any sell. Pre- well, I mean, in terms of legitimate stocks, ones that aren't you know being manipulated, um, when you're buying and hold, when everyone buys and holds the stock, the stock price goes up because no no one is selling the stock. Um, but when you short a stock, it goes down a small percentage, and when you buy one, it goes up a small percentage. Um, so. Everyone started decided back in January to buy and hold the stock. So, what this was doing is that it, it first of all, 
it caused a little bit of the boom. I wouldn't say really that um, anyone covered their positions, the short positions, except for maybe um, like Melvin Capital, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, obviously, I'm not you know a part of those large institutions, but um, basically, that was the idea: buy and hold the stock. Um, that way, they're not able to get kind of get out because okay, their plan originally was to short the company into the ground. And if they're naked shorting it and have a lot of shares shorted that they shouldn't, um, if that company goes bankrupt, that gets wiped clean and they just can keep their profits. So basically, they can. They, what, what they're doing is potentially self dangerous. Yes. But if they do it enough times to a company and a company goes under, then, then it's like it never even happened. Yes. So basically, what Alex has been saying is these companies basically. These uh, corporations, like, again, bet on companies going under. Mm -hmm. And if they go under, it makes them more money. And they're, they're gaming the system. It's like the people making bets are going to ensure that this company goes under just so they can make more money. Yeah. Regardless of whose livelihood gets ruined. Yeah, they, they don't care about that. I mean... Obviously. If you, There's a few videos. I think there's a video... Um, I don't remember what YouTube channel it is, but it was a guy... It might have been The Verge. I'm not sure. But um, he was he. I think he's Australian. He was a bro. He was um, a part of a broker. Uh, I, I believe either that or he was into banks. I don't remember. It was a, about a month ago when I watched the video. But he was talking about his um, his experience with uh, hedge funds and his um, his whole entire job. Um, and he said that um, there was one time he went into a room and it was filled with a hundred men. Um. And they were all just sitting around in a big circle and they just, they let, they had these two women come in and they just started having sex in the middle of the circle. Um, <laughs> all right. And these people, like, there was a lot of cocaine abuse, which is one of the main drugs used by uh, people that are really high up on, in these corporations, just because um, it's easy when you use cocaine to um, kind of keep yourself going. I mean, they would be downing coffee and, you know snorting cocaine all the time. Basically, just, if you've seen the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably worse than that, actually, because The <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it doesn't really even show um, any cases of things like, you know, like rape or murder, which there's there has to have been in that. I mean, these people, they don't care about each other. I mean, they care about the business and how well they're doing and how much money they're making because... They care about you if you can help them. Yes. If you're useful. Their CEOs make... I mean, millions of dollars in bonuses a year, just just because. I mean, I mean, they don't really deserve this money. They're not really doing anything. They're just pushing around money, um, so they can get more of it. It's not. I wouldn't even really consider it a job, to be completely honest. It's literally just a corporation filled with a bunch of complete dickheads. Like it really is. Um, I think the Wolf of Wall Street does a really good job of just kind of it's showing. Like a, it's like a tame version of that. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a that's the the Wolf of Wall Street is based on a like a broker. It's not really even based on the hedge funds. Um, yeah, it was based on one person that does stuff like this. Yeah. But what we're talking about is like a bunch of these kinds of people. Yes, and the and the really manipulative part of this is that there's a lot of they're they're really tied together. They're, I mean. If you look at the one of the people on the board of directors of um, the SEC, it was a previous CEO of Citadel Corporations, which was one of the large hedge funds. And I mean, if you're supposed to be, you know, watching over these brokers and these hedge funds, but you're, I mean, I mean you have direct ties to these hedge funds. Yeah, yeah. and if they're doing anything malicious or manipulative, I mean... It's like if you're a judge in a court case and the murderer is also, like, your twin brother. Yeah. It's impossible to be impartial. It's it's a conflict of interest, and they, I mean, I mean there's ties going around all these companies and all these, you know, supposedly, like, federally funded, um, business, like, institutions. And with no one to, like, rein them in or keep watch, they can pretty much just do whatever they want to. Yes. And that's why... Um, there's been a large spotlight shown on the SEC um, because they've been turning a blind eye for so long to this manipulative practices. Um, because, okay, so FINRA's in charge of, um, I believe FINRA's in charge of looking into um, 
the brokers and the hedge funds and seeing like just making sure you know like they're not doing any manipulative practices but the the problem with that is when they get caught doing like criminal activity they only get hit with a small fine i mean these companies are worth like billions of dollars and they're hit getting hit with a million dollar fine i mean it really doesn't do anything i mean when they're making billions of dollars of off of bankrupting companies i don't think they're going to care about a million two million dollar fine sometimes less than that i mean it's really just a slap on the wrist to a, a much bigger problem. So, and what you've been telling me is not not only this, the amount of money these people are throwing around and like whenever they're like creating like fake stocks to short other companies, they're throwing around so much money that they're like collapsing the economy as they do it. Yes, they are. Um, I don't know too much about that just because I didn't really get dive into the um, the whole bubble thing where why the market's going to collapse. Because GameStop doesn't really have anything to do with the market collapsing. In a way, the market was going to collapse either way. I mean, I don't really, I couldn't tell you when it's going to be. It could be weeks, it could be months, it could be, I mean, possibly, you know, a year. I mean, I, don't, I couldn't really tell you how long it would take for the market to collapse. But it's bound to happen. Um, if you look into the reverse repo rates um, from the government, they, it's been slowly building up over the past few months. Um, usually the reverse, re I don't even know if they have reverse repo rates in like regular, the regular, um, when the market's stable, but, um, it's starting to hit around $800 billion. Um, that there was actually a record today. Um, it, it hit a new record of an all time record of uh, reverse repo. I think it was around $812 billion. Um, and basically a repo agreement is when you, um, okay. So the banks, when they go with a repo agreement with the government, the Fed, um, basically they, they're borrowing money from the Fed and they're giving them a collateral just so that they can, they have to pay it back in a way. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a trading sort of thing where you give them this, they give you that and they have to pay back an interest on the money from the original repo. A reverse repo is basically the same thing, but opposite where the Fed is the one taking money out of those banks and um, they're giving them the collateral back um, and it's it's growing every almost every single week um, and it's gonna get to the point where it hits a trillion dollars I'm, I'm sure that's gonna be pretty soon maybe in the next month um, if it doesn't collapse by then and this and this country is already trillions of dollars in debt yeah and the amount of money that's gonna be passed around if it's called the um, the big okay, the big short squeeze that we're all preparing for is called the MOAS. It stand it, the it's an acronym for Mother of All Short Squeezes. <laughs> I um, like it. Yeah. MOAS. Um. But yeah, back to the uh, the reason why everyone's holding, right? Okay, so it's it's a very very speculatory thing what the price could potentially go to the stock price, um, because these corporations are now backed into a corner because everyone is continuing to hold on to the stock, because. In past, in the past, whenever a, a, a stock would start dipping, right, um, people would sell their position. It's, it's like panic selling, right, so that they don't lose out on as much money as they could have. So, they're not used to people just standing their ground. Yes, yes, that's that's the that's really the whole the whole thing. Um, they're backed into a corner because everyone is continuously holding on to their shares, and they're not selling them back, and. Um, if they continue to do that, then they can't. The company won't go bankrupt. And also, the reason a, a really good thing for uh, GameStop is that um, they're actually not going bankrupt anytime soon in the foreseeable future. This whole situation like saved GameStop. Oh yeah, 100%. like dug them, dug them out of a hole. Yeah. Okay. So they had like like millions of dollars in debt, right? Um, company the the company. Um, what they ended up doing, um, actually, this past month is, okay, so back in, I believe it was December, I'm not too sure what the month was, but I believe it was last year, they bought back a bunch of their shares. Um, I think it was 30, maybe something, 30, like something million, maybe 20 something million of their shares. Um, I don't know why they did that in particular, because they didn't, I don't think they knew that the run-up was going to happen. But what they just did recently is they sold back only 5 million for over a billion dollars. So... They're out of debt, have a billion dollars in free capital to do whatever they want in the company. 
They have a new chairman of the board. Um, Dude, if I was in charge of that, that, I would just like use all that money for well, a lot of that money for just like marketing, just to expand business. Yeah, I mean, I, they have a plan. They haven't released what their plan is, just because they want to kind of be on top of it and not really let um, any of the institutions kind of know what their game plan is. And if I was like one of the the, the top. Uh, position holders or members of the board or like the CEO or new CEO of that company realizing that not only are you not going bankrupt you're you're getting out of that hole you're in the you're in the black dude I bet he like threw another one of those cocaine fueled coffee hooker parties <laughs> <laughs> like we're not going bankrupt I mean I doubt the GameStop you know CEO the CEO the new CEO uh, I believe his name is Matt Furlong um, but Ryan Cohen is he's the the director of the board. Um, I believe. No, the chairman of the board. Um, and, I mean, they've completely revitalized their, their board of directors. Their, um, like, literally everyone, they have a bunch of ex... I don't think you know about this, but um, they have... They brought on um, ex-CEOs from, like, Amazon and Google. Um, Ooh, that's smart. I think it was Amazon Prime CEO... Um, is now the CFO, I believe. I don't, I don't know specifics just because it's been a... I mean, there's so much to take and in. And that, that does make sense. I mean, after a company kind of almost goes bankrupt and they, like, they fix that and they don't go bankrupt, it would make sense for them to, like, make a change to their management or, yep. like, fire people. Not Well, not, not fire people, just replace them with other people to ensure that doesn't happen again. For example... Uh, I promise this is related. I was watching the Steve Jobs movie. Yeah. Uh, and there was a point where Steve Jobs left Apple, and Apple tried to sell the Newton, which was which he called a piece of garbage, the little piece of garbage. And the company almost went bankrupt because they didn't really have any successful products for several years. But then Steve Jobs came back in and got rid of a bunch of people, and a bunch of people that are that uh, worked for Apple uh, while he was gone were fired. And when he came back, he practically saved the company. So yeah. it's kind of like that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they have an excellent team. I would say a, a really top-tier team now. Um, I mean, there's so many positive things now for GameStop. They're gonna, they're definitely going to start expanding pretty soon here. Um, in fact, they're actually going to be releasing an N- NFT soon. Um, and they're going to be creating their own... Um, I, I believe this is correct. I'm not too sure. Don't sue me on this, please, if, if, if I'm wrong here. They're going to be creating possibly their their own cryptocurrency. Um, oh, that would be cool. Which would change the game because I don't know the specifics again because there's so much to go into it and I'm, I'm pretty new to this as well. Um, but there's something to do with they're not going to be able to... Um, they're going to have to cut... Maybe they might have to cover this their position if um, if they, they change their uh, stock into a cryptocurrency. But I'm I'm not too sure exactly how all that works or what what's really going on behind the scenes with that. But um okay, back to the original thing. Now uh what I want to do is like back to that timeline we were talking about. So GameStop like explodes, and all the people behind the hedge funds start freaking out, and people on Reddit and on the internet are trying to like maintain ground. So now we're like in January February. Okay, yeah um. January February okay so, this is when a lot of um, articles and CNBC um, kind of started coming out with a lot of the um, a lot of a lot of news articles about like how GameStop is kind of going to go under again, and you should probably get out of it, and how it's a meme stock. Uh, I mean, they were they continuously like use things specifically words like meme stock um, to kind of demean GameStop in a way. They were like writing smear pieces. Yes, they were. They were kind of. They were trying to like scare people into getting rid of their stocks. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And another thing to understand, people: these people that own these hedge funds, these billionaires, they own or in cooperate or are in collaboration with a lot of people, like pretty much the entire mainstream media establishment. Yes. So whatever's going on with the hedge funds. The people in the news, like agencies, maybe even celebrities, are going to side with them because yes. they are in cahoots. And again, you're not very much of a, you're not a political person, and I'm somewhat of one. The mainstream media is one of the worst things in this country today. Yeah, because they have so much influence, and they are so corrupt, and they just 
brief briefly touching on it. I hate the media because the media, the news, they're supposed to tell you what's going on in the country. They don't do that anymore. And they haven't done that for I don't I don't know if they've been doing that ever since I've been alive. What they are doing is either pushing the left wing narrative, because that's the dominant narrative in our in the society in which we live in today. Or and most of them in the media are on the left, so that makes sense for them to push the narrative they believe is true. Or they want to push the most the hottest, the 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 story that's liable to get the most amount of clicks. Yes, because they're not they're not going to talk about something on the news like uh, kittens or people hugging each other. People no, they want to they want to just the most negative, hate inducing, anger inducing garbage all the time, regardless if it's true or not. Specifically to get people pissed off enough to listen. Of course, yeah. I mean. Like you said, they're all—they're basically all funded by these these billionaires. Yeah. I mean, so they're just kind of spewing whatever scripts are in front of them that are written out by the, those 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 people. They are literally trying to protect them. I mean, it's really—I mean, I, I would definitely, if you're a viewer of like CNBC, even like Fox News, um, it doesn't really matter what you're watching in, in terms of like mainstream media, just because they're not really gonna touch on any of the positive news that's going on in terms of, uh, well, really anything, but specifically like, you know, like GameStop, like we're talking about. You're just going to be stuck in a limbo of them either giving you headlines designed to make you interested in the headlines, and they're more often than not going to be negative, or protecting the hedge funds. You're going to be stuck in a limbo of bouncing in between a rage bait or the people on the internet that are trying to stop, to expose this are bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so that's when the whole media thing started kind of popping off when they were trying to just demean GameStop, trying to make everyone have a negative outlook on it. Um, there was, um, let's see here. Okay. And there was a, uh, period in which the interest and the news circulation or the, just the attention on this whole thing died down a lot for several months before it picked back up again. Mm -hmm. Which, again, a lot of times when the media tries to do this, uh, protect what protect the people that we care about or the rage baiting, when that doesn't work, sometimes they just kill the story. Yep. Yeah. Um... Uh, another one of the practices that w that they were doing, though, one of the manipulative practices, they were okay. So, in stock trading, there's there's options, right? It's they're called puts and calls, which is basically like a a a, more, a better like a a more risky bet, um, in, instead of just like buying or holding it or selling a share, um, and what they would do is that they would buy a call and a put at the same time and marry those options together to create a synthetic share, which is one that doesn't exist. Um, Sounds all kinds of illegal. Yes. Yeah, they would, yep. And um, they were, I mean, they've been hiding their synthetic shares in in these, like, EFTs as well. And, I mean, I don't know how many... Obviously, there's a float of how many shares there are in, of a certain stock. Um, the public... Of float for GameStop is av is available on Google. I believe it's around fifty something million shares, something like that. Um, but the amount of sales that are, are not sales, the amount of shares that have been shorted is potentially in the. I don't know. I think they. Okay, so okay, there was actually a recent lawsuit that came out um, again with against Robinhood. And it showed a statistic that we all, all kind of thought was just a glitch back in January. Um, the short interest position in the in the lawsuit was 220 something percent shorted, which, if you don't understand what that means, that means that the amount of shares that have been shorted is more than double the amount of shares that, that exist. So say say that you have 100 shares in a stock. I mean, obviously that's not you know, but just for an example. If you have, you can only short the number, amount of the shares, number of that, shares exist. that exist. But yes. they were like short, like if in this example, if you have 100 shares, they're trying to short 200 shares. Yes. 100 of those shares don't exist. Yes. And um, 
that's clearly illegal. And I, I don't know why really nothing has been done just yet. But, um, I mean, the spotlight's still on them, and there's still, pre like, a lot of pressure going on. But um, I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but that was back in January. In January, this is when this was released, that the short interest position was over 200%. And if... If you don't, if you've never heard of, okay, so Volkswagen, right? There was a squeeze, a short squeeze back in 2008 as well of Volkswagen. They had a short interest, there was a short interest position of, it was like 12.8%. And the stock ran up from $200 to over $1,000. And that was 12% short interest on that, on that stock. If there's a short interest position of over 200%, that's a, over 10 times the amount that they have to cover. And also, there I mean, there's a lot more shares in this float than there was in that one. So, I mean, the potential of this stock... And th again, this is back in January when this was released. And, I, I mean, everyone on the subreddit talks about how they've doubled, tripled their position. And, I mean, I mean I've done the same thing as well from back in January. I mean, there's so many more shares that have been shorted going on through these past few months... I mean, who knows what the, the short position is now, the short interest rate on the company? Who knows what that is? I mean, it could possibly be over 1,000% by now, which would be like, okay, so I'm just going to throw out some numbers here. If the short squeeze were to happen tomorrow, um, first of all, the price would immediately skyrocket to over $1,000 in, in, in one minute. Holy like, shit. Like, that's, that's the, like... That does that. That's literally so low, though, compared to what it will go to, um, if the short squeeze does occur tomorrow, if it if it did. Um, and, so like, and right now, what is the GameStop stock like? It's in the two hundreds right now. Yeah, it's, in, it's and if it happens, around two hundred. Short squeeze, and if you own like, if you put money in right now, and you like, if you put money in stock and it's worth two hundred dollars, then you have so much money. Shooting up to a thousand dollars in a minute. Yeah, that's five. That times. is absurd yes you would instantly make a shit ton of money yep and the thing is that's the lowest of the low like if they started covering their position okay if they cut okay say they have 500 percent of short there's a short short position of 500 percent on the stock if it were to squeeze and all of those covered at the same exact time i believe the price would be around at least over ten thousand dollars. Oh my god! And that's not even—that's not even a joke. What kind of a percentage increase is that? I—I I, I mean, I don't really. It's know. astronomical. It's—it's it's insane. But the thing is, the basically the plan here for everyone that's that has uh, a position in GameStop, like a shareholding position in GameStop, where they're just—they've been holding. What the plan basically is for everyone to do is they're gonna hold through them covering their shares. So it's—it's it's basic supply and demand, right? There's going to be a very, very large demand for the 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 uh, shares because they need to cover their position. They ha and they want to cover their position as soon as possible, and for as low amount of price as they can, just because they don't want to lose. They don't want to go bankrupt themselves. <laughs> because I mean, if this happens, they're all going to go bankrupt anyways. It's not really going to matter. Oh, what a shame. But um, I mean, the the price is just going to absolutely explode. Because a lot of people are planning on holding onto their their um, stock, their, I mean their their shares, until the price hits. I mean potentially in the millions of dollars. And I mean, and the reason why this is possible, and I mean it's never happened before. Obviously, it's because they've been doing stuff like what they've been doing to GameStop for so long. Yes, and also, basically, they're not going to be able to. Ha they're not going to have enough money to cover their position. So what's going to end up happening is first the hedge funds, the small hedge funds, are going to start going bankrupt um, because they're not going to be able to cover their position. So they're going to have to get bailed out by their prime brokers and the large, larger uh, hedge funds that are at the top. Okay, then they're not going to have enough money also. So they're going to have to get bailed out by the DTC and the amount of money that the DTC is able to... Um, for, to, for a bailout is around $70 trillion. Jeez and potentially, Christ. I mean, there's millions of shares. Potentially, if it's if they might not have enough money to cover either, 
which is when the Fed steps in and they're going to have to start printing money, which is why hyperinflation is going to be a possibility and why the the economy is going well that's not really going to be why the economy collapses. That that sounds like someone just dropping a nuke on the economy. Yes, it does. But um GameStop has a negative beta, which means that if if the economy goes goes down, the uh, the company goes up if it has a negative beta. So basically, market goes down, GameStop goes up. That's kind of how it works. Um, so I mean, potentially the, the stock price could go up into the millions. I mean, it, no one really knows for sure what the price is going to be. Obviously, we're not time travelers, but um, I mean, it, either way, this is going to be the largest transfer of wealth in history, just because of the amount of individual people that are that have a position in GameStop. Um, for and example, I believe, for example, Alex. Yes, I believe that this. I mean, this could be one of the best things to ever happen to the world. But also, it's kind of going to start a new arc in a way because I'm going to start getting into why there's a bigger boss than the hedge funds, and why um, this is this is going to actually start a new arc, a new kind of era in terms of the economy. Um, this is when I'm going to start kind of getting into BlackRock. Okay, so BlackRock is a private institution that owns... They're the largest... Uh, they have the largest position in GameStop. I believe they own around 30% of the amount of shares. Um, which, I mean, as I've already said, there are around, like, you know, 57 million... I mean, I mean something like that, like 50 to 70 million shares in the float. Um, but if they own that many... I mean, they already have millions of shares. If the stock price goes into the trillion, not the trillions, if it goes into the millions, they're going to make trillions of dollars from this. And actually, BlackRock, what they've been doing, um, okay, so this is my guess. I don't know if this is going to, what's going to happen. But my guess is, okay, so BlackRock has been buying over the past few, probably month, they have been buying a lot of um, houses. Um, and they've been buying them for absurd prices. Um, so say a house is worth $100,000, they've been basically buying that for 150% of what it usually is, just so they can kind of confirm that they're buying that price, and also to make other prices of other houses go up. Okay? So they will buy it for $150,000. And they've been buying houses all over the United States to kind of increase the amount of places that they own. And... Um, once they get the capital from this short squeeze, they're basically going to kind of become the landlord of the United States because they're going to own a large portion, a very, very large portion of buildings, um, uh, company buildings, you know, regular houses. They're, they're, they really will become, I mean, this is my guess, they would become like the landlord of the U.S. Because, okay... Basically, BlackRock is really into buying out mortgages and they're buying out people's houses from them as well. They're actually buying people's houses as well, like people that already own the houses. And one, Okay, so they're buying like all the houses that don't have um, anyone living in them, right? So they're buying vacant houses. They're also buying houses from people at an obscene price so they can own more... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Territory, yeah, it's like investing in um, real estate. Real estate, yeah, they're they're increasing their the amount of real estate that they have. So once they have all of this money, they're basically going to be renting out houses to like everyone, which is going to be like the next arc and era of the economy. This is all my guess again, by the way. I don't know if this is going to happen. This is just what I'm potentially seeing because I mean the plan's kind of already starting. They've already started buying all these houses, and I mean. That's just kind of what I see it happening in the future. But um, I would say if you own a house right now, keep it. Don't sell it because you might not be able to buy another one because the, the, the houses that are vacant right now are skyrocketing all over the U.S. Um, I believe like a year ago, they're already up like 30% or something like that in terms of the price for vacant houses. Like it's gone up dramatically already. Um. But BlackRock could literally become like... They're basically already the fourth branch of the government. And if they start owning 
I mean, if this you know thing happens, they're going to have trillions of dollars in capital, and they're going to kind of become the the. I guess you could say the actual fourth branch of the government because they're going to have that much money. Um, but who knows what's going to happen with that? Who knows? We're all just kind of waiting, all kind of holding on to our position, not really being bothered by any sort of FUD, which it stands for um, fear, um, something in doubt. I don't remember what you is, but fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, we're kind of just holding throughout all the all of that. Um, it doesn't really matter what the share price goes to. If it went to $5 tomorrow, I would buy 100 more shares. Like, I really would, and I know a lot of people would do that as well. Um, because it's not really about the price at this point. It's more about the movement, in a way, of trying to stop this, these manipulative people from doing these malicious practices, bankrupting companies just so they can make a buck. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the whole, the whole thing. The it's, whole kit and caboodle? Yeah, it's the retail investors versus Wall Street, in a way. Um, and we're just kind of waiting, seeing what, what's happening. Um, and I really do believe in the company. I believe that it's got a strong team, a strong plan. Even though they haven't released their plan, I believe that um, they know what they're doing. They really, I believe so. Um, but yeah, do you have any more questions? Um, Kind of like just uh, some... Uh, interesting events that have happened during the course of this because i remember a couple weeks ago um uh, i think i was about to go see my girlfriend because she was about to be in a uh, cabaret and you were telling me about how this uh news anchor uh, oh yeah yeah she was talking about that they were kind of beating around the bush of this issue especially about naked shorting and this person was describing it, not not accusing anyone of doing it, but saying this is what this is. But he wasn't like giving a specific name because he didn't want to draw attention. Yes. But this news anchor goes, "Oh, you mean naked shorting?" Yeah, yeah. She said, <laughs> "She said naked shorts." Yeah, and that's the quote. And it, I mean, she the face that she had was priceless. Her name was uh, Melissa Lee, and you could probably find it on YouTube the whole reaction. But it, I mean, it was hilarious. And she's probably dead now. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's actually fine. They kind of turned the script around. To, she, they kind of made it seem like it was intentional. Obvious. I mean, I, we knew they were going to do that because you know, I mean, if she ended up dead, like it would, it, if they, if they, if she like got fired, yeah, or something happened to her, I mean, everyone then would hop on it, it again, would yeah. make these people look a hundred times more suspicious. Yeah, it would be, it would be a catalyst, another one. But it was the funniest thing to watch because when you because she's off screen when she says this and when they cut back to everyone that's talking everyone has the biggest oh shit especially her especially her it's it's a wonder someone didn't reach through those boxes that they were in and just smack her on the back of the head say why did you do that (laughs) yeah it was hilarious that was a really funny moment i really like that one um what are some other uh moments that you can think of that popped to mind um, let's see. The, all the billboards that were going around was really cool. I thought, um, when people were literally paying to, um, to have a billboard put up, you know, or like signs in like New York City, there was one, um, if you go to Wall Street Bets, you could actually see it's the top, the most, the highest voted post, um, of, it, it was like GME Go Burr. I mean, it was like a, uh, it was like a meme, but, um, a lot of people were buying billboards and stuff, and I mean, there's a lot of really cool people in the community. Um, there was a guy that was eating a banana. He was being interviewed by one of the um, the large um, media outlets. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been CNBC, but he was eating a banana because you know, I mean, we're called we're quote unquote called apes just because you know you relate an ape to being like stupid and like retarded, and that's kind of like the whole thing um, because we're doing things that are unconventional in terms of stock trading. Mm-hmm. So, there was that, um, let's see, Ryan Cohen posting, uh, I mean, like, pictures of, like, um, there's a guy with, like, a boner, um, it was, it was, like, really funny, uh, there was, um, okay, now I need more context for this, <laughs> okay, so there's a T21 cycle, basically, what that means is um, every 21 trading days, there's like a there's a, a day where um, the stock would go up and it, and it would hit a peak. And he would always we didn't didn't really catch this catch on to this until like recently. He would tweet 
um, like a picture of like something either silly or if it had to do with poop, I believe the stock would go up or he knew that it would go up and it, if it had to do with something else, it would go down. I don't remember really exactly what it was, but he posted a picture of this. It was from a guy from a TV show. I don't remember which one it is, but it's him floating in the water and he has a boner and it. I mean, it's hilarious. And this was Ryan Cohen, by the way. Um, yeah, that was really funny. Um, any other events? The let's see. Uh, I do have another question. Okay. When all this happens and like the money that you put into this, you get back. Like, let's say it goes up to like, the stock goes up to like a couple thousand dollars. Uh, when will you be planning to like what? Again, I don't want to get into specifics because mm -hmm. I don't want people to know how much money you put in or might have. Like, when is the limit to where you're like, all right, I'm gonna get my money now. I'm gonna I'm 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 in this casino. I'm cashing in my chips. Okay, so this is actually a really big thing. It's called an exit strategy, right? What you don't want to do when you have an exit strategy is, is when it happens, it, just immediately go get your money. That and also happens. taking out all of your all of your shares at once. Yeah. Because you don't know if it's gonna keep going up or if it's gonna go back down. Yeah. So what I'm gonna plan on doing is once it hits around, if if it goes to a thousand dollars. I will probably be taking out one share just so I can cover my original position. I know that's really not what you're supposed to do if you follow Superstock, but um, that's. We're, I mean, we don't really have that much money in terms of our family, um, so that's just kind of what I'll be doing. That's my personal decision. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be pulling out one share then, and then waiting to see how high it does go, um, and sell on the way down. Because the squeeze is, I mean, potentially going to take maybe weeks to go to the whole thing. Um, because there's so much positions that have to be covered that we really don't know how long it's going to take. Because the short squeeze back in 2008, I believe it only lasted a day. Um, because, I mean, the short interest position was like a lot smaller. There was a lot less people that owned it. I mean, there was just a, there was a lot less involved, so it was just a lot quicker. But this time, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to take at least multiple days for the whole thing to happen. Possibly weeks. Um, so I'm going to be trying to sell on the way down from the top. Just so as many people can pull out as much. That's like kind of the whole thing. People are going to... St people, the consensus is to sell on the way down. So the price doesn't get hurt on the way up. And so it also... Everyone can exit their position when it's really high. So that's kind of going to be my strategy. But, yeah. You could potentially, Alex, again, not going into specific figures, you could make, like, a couple million dollars off this, mm -hmm. which is insane to think about. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if this took, I mean, literally, even if this took five years, I would still do it. Just because of the fact, I mean, a million dollars, like, if I just made a million dollars off of this, I mean, that's a seven-digit, you know, figure. I mean, I, I mean... I mean, it's literally like hitting the lottery. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's no reason not to continue to holding. If even if you believe in the company, and even okay, even if the the shorts got like wiped clean and they didn't have to cover their position, GameStop is going to go up e either way. Because I mean, I believe in the company. I believe it's going to do really well in the future. And I mean, it, there's no reason not to believe it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just going to hold on to my position for. I mean, as long as it takes. And I believe a lot of people are doing that as well. And now I think the obvious question: What would you plan to do with uh, the money if you are okay with uh, answering that question? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people. This is what I was saying about um, why this could be a really, really positive thing for the U.S. A lot of people, including myself, we kind of just—I would say—we kind of saw this by random, in a way. Just by, you know, browsing Reddit, you know, just checking up on the latest, you know, things that are really interesting, you know. Um, but also, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that also deserve this money besides us. So, I mean, you know, personally me, if I were to gain a, a large amount of money, um, I would, you know, first of all, pay off any debt that any family member has. Um, I'd help out friends. I'd help out really people that I know that are really good people. Uh, in general, close friends, close family, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I still kind of start, depending on the amount of money that I would get, 
that would kind of determine on how how I would go about using like the rest your of next it. steps. Yeah. Because if I only made a million dollars, say if it, I only say if I were to make a million dollars, I mean obviously I would clear out the debt, help close friends and family, but then I would kind of maybe start going into try to build my own business, something like that. Um, just start setting myself up for the future because a million dollars isn't going to last me for the rest of my life. What kind of business would you start with that kind of money? I mean, I don't even know. It all depends. It all depends on you know how much return you get from this sort of investment. But and uh, I, I myself put in some money. If I let's just say I were to make like a couple hundred thousand dollars, I would totally use that money first to like pay off any debts that I have. Like if if you were if I was like, hey, Alex, you don't need to pay this off for me. I can do this myself. For example, my student loan debt, which. I'm completely comfortable sharing on online. I owe like a little over twenty thousand dollars for my college education. I, first, that would be the first thing I would pay off, just to get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then I would pay for my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, uh, one thing I would definitely do would be like beef up the technology I use for my YouTube channel. Same here. Yeah. And start marketing my YouTube channel, like mm-hmm. trying to get it out there because I'm happy with what I have right now. It's a, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the videos I make. I enjoy uh, the kind of stuff I do on YouTube. And I only have like a little over... I have like 720-ish subscribers. And I'm totally cool with that. But the goal of having a YouTube channel is to grow that channel. That's one of your goals, to get more people to watch. Because if no one's watching your YouTube channel, then you're basically just jerking yourself off. And I, and as much as I love jerking myself off, uh, <laughs> I want other people to watch me do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So that would be one thing I would do. And since, again, I've mentioned this on this channel, I'm start, I'm forming a band. Um, since my girlfriend's dad, who's going to be in our band, has already has a music studio, I would just like do some, like, maybe uh, buy some more stuff for it. But I would definitely, like, approach, like, uh, companies and like or, like, record deals, and I would be like, hey, would you be interested in our music? Like, or, like, see what we can do to, like, g- help get this out there. Like, basically just... Using the money to uh, for marketing for mm-hmm. the projects that I'm involved with. Yep. Because I would love to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to help other people and you know advance my life and everyone I love's life and you know people that just didn't genuinely deserve, you know, some sort of compensation just for being a good person. Yeah. Um. I I think I would do a lot of good with it, and I w- I'm really excited. Um. Just to see what would happen, you know. But again, we have no idea when this Moaz is going to occur. Mm-hmm. We don't, like... It's like the rapture. We don't know when it's coming. <laughs> but it's on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so, and I also think that once this does happen, we're going to have to do a follow-up episode uh, on this podcast. Like, what's what's happening now? What's happening next? So when the Moaz happens, I would love for you to come back on the show and discuss your thoughts and explain to everyone what's happening. Make sure to use small words so your big brother will understand. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's basically, uh, and we are about at the one hour mark. You have any uh, like closing remarks or anything? Um, besides, uh, fuck you, hedge funds. Some stupid memes like apes together strong, <laughs> stuff like that's that's one of the memes. Mon- monkey good. Uh, yeah. So if you're watching, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not eating a banana right now, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, eat some bananas, peel that shit. Also, actually, another event that I want to mention real quick. There's a guy named uh, Rick of Spades. He shoved a banana up his ass. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I watched it. <laughs> that was of course you did because he made a bet that if the share price hit a certain point in the day, that he would do it. And it actually ran up, and it hit that price, and he delivered on his on his bet. <laughs> also, there was another guy that mad respect. Another guy that drank a sock. <laughs> that was all. <laughs> he blended it up in a blender and added it to like some, a milkshake. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, those were uh, some also events that uh, occurred as well. <laughs> remind me, Alex, to never gamble. Yeah, with, yeah. W- with bananas or socks. Yeah. But yeah, um, thank you so much, Alex, for joining. The, this is definitely one of the most interesting episodes of the TAP I've ever done. Yes. And um, again, I hope all of this works out. Uh, the Boaz, the the Boaz, Mo- the Boaz, the, Bo- the, the character from the Bible, <laughs> the Moaz is coming. 
and I hope it comes hard. Buckle up. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Get your lube ready. Uh, Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, again, thank you, Alex, for joining us. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the TAP. Like, comment, subscribe, and all that fun stuff, as always. And I would plug Alex's social media, but he rarely does anything on social media because he's such a... What? He's, he's such an Alex, and I, that's the only adjective I can think to describe Alex. But uh, I love my little brother, and I'm glad I had him on here. Uh, again, thank you guys for watching, and we'll talk to you guys next we'll time. We'll see you next time on like the way we the way we signed off the last podcast on dragon my pp dragon my p <laughs> good night everybody <laughs>